Hey Queens, are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship, and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the Lurker Mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon Discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist-themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS Podcast Queens live, as well as submit stories for our Rose to Scroat Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilla. So today we're going to talk a little bit about strategic incompetence. The bane of my existence. First, let's define the terms. What is strategic incompetence? Strategic incompetence is when someone, primarily men in this context, uh, intentionally pretends that they are incapable of doing something in order to get out of undesirable tasks. So this is also called weaponized incompetence. It's when someone is generally using their incompetence either as an abuse tactic or because they just straight up want to shovel more responsibility onto someone else and they themselves get to do less while still taking on a lot of the glory, which we'll talk about. It's also called the myth of the male bumbler. And we'll leave some links in the show notes for more articles about this. Personally, I found that men just get way more leeway to be incompetent from the time we're actually children. And part of that starts with like minimizing the impact of their behavior by making comments like boys will be boys, meaning if they do something specifically dumb, ill-advised, unwise, society and mostly little girls are taught that it's our place to kind of keep making allowance for them, allowances for them to repeatedly mess up things. Yeah, I think the the strate- male strategic incompetence starts out in childhood. This is a tactic that men learn from a very young age when they're little boys, when they'll do their chores badly, uh, and their mom usually, you know, like the overwork, she's already working a full-time job as well as doing all the childcare, all the domestic labor, and so on. A lot of moms who, you know, in 50-50 relationships especially tend to, you know, they just don't have the time to sit there and just patiently force the boy to do the chore over and over and over again until he gets it right, you know? And so she'll often, these moms will just be like, ah, like, I'll just do it myself kind of thing. And because it's easier to just do it herself than to force the boy to learn it correctly. And so I think that's why, that's part of the reason why we have this epidemic of strategic incompetence is because boys who were just given way too much leeway when they were children I want to say that, like, this is something that I've had a problem with in most of my relationships, mainly because I'm the sort of person where, like, I like to be in charge. I, you know, um, you know, eldest daughter used to taking care of other. And I've noticed this dynamic a lot where it tends to be women who are oldest daughters who end up with men like this because they're used to taking yeah. care of others and other people mm-hmm. being incompetent around them. Um so if you're an eldest daughter or if you're just like an alpha bitch like me, like beware of this strategy because I've had that moment where I'm like, motherfucker, like you're just going to be incompetent. I'll just do it myself. Right. But for me, I've learned the lesson 
the hard way that part of good leadership is delegation and getting other people to do the tasks that you don't want to do. And so part of like one of the lessons that I've learned with FDS is by offloading some of those undesirable tasks onto men. And my life has never been better, honestly. You don't have to do it all yourself, ladies. Yeah. So there there seems to be two types of women. It's the women that see male incompetence and then feel like it's their role to help or feel like it, they're improving their relationship by helping a man achieve whatever he wants to achieve, even if it's like menial tasks or doing the menial tasks for him. And then there's the kind of women like me who are immediately turned off by male incompetence. <laughs> like yeah. It just makes my, <laughs> it honestly just makes my vagina dry all the way up. Like when I just look at a guy and I feel like he can't handle things because then he just feels like a liability or like another child. Right. And as a person who has younger siblings myself as well, um, I've never, I have fortunately never fallen into this role with men because it's so odious to me. Like, I'm like, okay, so what are you, my little brother? You know, and this is, this happens sometimes with guys with like quote unquote nice guys or, or male friends. They could be attractive, but if I get a whiff that they need too much for me, then it, it just, it takes me out of sexual attraction mode to them to like mothering them. And I, I'm, there's those two modes for me are completely separate. Mm. Yeah. Like if I feel like I have to mother you, I can't be sexually attracted to you. Is there a sexual identity label for that? Like competent <laughs> sexual, competent sexual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a composexual. I'm only sexually attracted to competent men. <laughs> or they'd say like a sapiosexual, possibly intelligent. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's intelligence, but there's a lot of intelligent men who are also incompetent. So there's that. Uh, that is very true. That is very true. Yeah, it's not just intelligence. It's like the ability to do things, right? And instead of just say things. Yeah, their executive function. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of smart men just say a lot of shit and do nothing. And and that gets on my nerves really quickly as well. So I will yeah. say that like for me it also does decrease sexual attraction, that's for sure. But um I think for me it was something that was more normalized just because that was the dynamic that my parents had a lot. So my dad you know, he didn't want to do, if he didn't want to do chores, or if he didn't want to do something or didn't want to go to the grocery store or whatever, my dad would just consistently do a bad job of most things um, until my mom just got sick of it and just would, you know, lose it and she would just do it herself. And so I did want to point out also for any men listening into this, the impact that that has on the family dynamic, because these sorts of men, they'll do this as a short-term way of avoiding having to do chores, but long-term it caused me to have basically zero respect for my dad um, and zero respect for men in general. Right. <clears throat> so I think that that's um, maybe that explains a lot of why my psyche is the way that it is because <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> and why I generally like devalue men or don't see them as competent or suitable for leadership because it's like, mate, if you can't pick up a broom or you can't manage a grocery list at the grocery store, maybe you shouldn't be exercising any decision-making power at all. Yeah. A lot of media I've noticed sets up the dynamic, I think for comedic effect. Yeah. I don't think it's often explored as a form of emotional abuse. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm manipulation. Yeah. And manipulation. It's not really funny if your other adult partner can't do something as simple as like remember people's birthdays or uh, remember to send out Christmas cards, like things that are they try to make seem like, oh, these are just things that women think are important and are important and men are too manly or or busy doing whatever they want to do, watching sports and drinking beer. Um, Because I've not actually 
like been with somebody who's done this to a massive extent I tend to weed them out pretty quickly because I've got zero patience like my patience is like sub-zero I get it from my mum so if somebody's acting stupid I would just be like I haven't got time for this but I think there are ways to to vet if a man is prone to utilizing weaponized incompetence in the very very early stages of dating so for example oh yeah so for example (laughs) does he put the onus of planning a date on you and when i say this i don't like necessarily mean does he ask you out because a lot of men will ask you out but it's what happens after that is he like does he bat it back in your court like i once had a guy who was like oh you know let's go out for dinner i was like cool that sounds good and then he was like oh so like and then he was like okay so you know like uh, where should we go and I was like but you asked me out <laughs> like you should have somewhere to go like I'm not yeah. just gonna plan it for you so a guy can ask you out and we recommend that um you know an FDS that guy should ask you out but it's how he handles that afterwards like if he's batting it back in your court saying choose a restaurant or i'm not familiar with the area like google is free what time should we meet google is free so don't don't let them get away with that as well because they're slowly trying to push the onus of planning the date back onto you yeah i think that's exactly why i ended up with so many guys who would do the strategic incompetence because again pre-fds again i'm like the sort of person i like to be in charge um, if a guy was like, oh, where do you want to go? I'm like, I know exactly where I want to go and what time. And then, you know, I'm like, I-, I like to be the decision maker. And so I, at the time, would would be fine with that, with guys putting the onus on me to plan the date, as long as he paid for it. I mean, that's doesn't really matter if he puts the effort into planning it. No. And then I would end up with all these, like, incompetent man babies. And I'd be like, wait, how did this happen? Well, it was because I didn't vet them correctly. I didn't eliminate the ones who were low effort from the beginning. Yeah, that's that's an important uh, context around the dinner date strategy that's so often lambasted by our critics is that part of the reason why we need men to initiate and plan dates is to show that they have the barest minimums of competence of an, an initiative, right? Because mm-hmm. if they can't yeah. be bothered to do that from the beginning, then more than likely it's downhill from there. It's one thing to say like, oh, I like this kind of food. Would you want to go to this kind of restaurant and maybe not have all the details worked out? It's another thing to put the ball totally in your court and then expect you to be the one that has to plan the entire date, right? Like like they should have suggestions or something. Just show that they're, they have any type of forethought and planning into the date that they're trying to take you on. Yeah. Extra points if there's like some good reason, right? Meaning like they're a fan of a particular chef, Maybe it's like an event that's popular that they've never been to or they thought you'd like. I mean, there's so many ways in which they can just show, I'm going to do the most barest of minimum effort here. Yeah. Man, I have so many stories about weaponized incompetence. (laughs) Can I tell you some stories? But tell us your tales of woe, Lilith. Tell us your tales of woe. (laughs) Okay. So I dated this one guy who... Um, acted like doing dishes was this like crazy, you know, complicated, like impossible task. Um, and we had a rule cause I, he didn't know how to cook either. And I like to cook. And so I would cook and he would clean like that was our, our deal. 
Um, so he, of course, loved it when I cooked, but he never wanted to hold up his end of the bargain. So what he'd do is he'd just put all the dishes in the sink and, like, fill up the sink and then just leave the water there for until, like, the next day. And by then, of course, it's disgusting. The water's gone cold, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, that's gross. You shouldn't just leave dishes in the sink overnight. He's like, but I need them to soak. No, you don't. (laughs) When you do the dishes immediately, when you do dishes immediately after eating, you do not need to soak them, first of all. So so there's that. And then also, like, so we had these, like, plastic lunch containers, right? And when you're washing dishes by hand, um, sometimes, like, if there's, like, oil or something on the plastic, you have to, like, you have to, like, scrub extra hard, right? Mm. And so I just remember this one time, like, he's washing, he would just, like, sort of rinse the dishes almost with water. He wouldn't, like, properly use soap and just, like, put them on the drying rack. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd... and this happened all the time where like most of the time when he did dishes, there would still be food residue on it. And that just drove me crazy. And so I'd like pick up the plastic container and be like, I'd wipe my finger with it. I'd be, and it would leave a mark behind. <laughs> I'm like, you know, did you wash these dishes? Oh <laughs> he's like, gosh. yeah. I'm like, then well, why is there still food residue on it? And he's like, Oh, well, I, I don't blah. I like, just did the whole male incompetent bumbling gibberish sound. And then, you know, so I, 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 this is a moment where I actually like lost it. I might have been a little bit crazy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to show you how we do dishes here. And then like turn on the faucet, use the soap and like physically like forced him to do the dishes right in front of me. And he would like wipe it and then, um, it wouldn't get it off. It wouldn't get the oil off. And he just kind of like, threw up his hands in this like oh like how are you even supposed to clean a dish as if it's just this impossible no. task yeah he, he was just like well how are you even supposed to get the oil off and i'm like you put some fucking elbow grease into it and then scrub 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 and then i washed the i washed the dish and then dried it and then shoved it in his face and was like see now there's no oil on it you just have to put in some fucking effort and you never put in effort and blah 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 so here's the thing i genuinely think that strategic incompetence is a form of emotional abuse it's causing the other person to like doubt their perception of reality. <laughs> I don't know. Or they're trying to do that anyways. They're trying to make it seem like this really simple task is a lot harder than it is. And it just makes the other person just go crazy. Right. It's crazy making like it's a crazy yeah. making tactic. And so, and, and, th- and that's the thing is like, these guys would do this slow, crazy making on me. And then when I finally lost it, they'd act like I'm the mean and reasonable, horrible person in the relationship. Um, and that's the other thing to keep in mind with the strategic incompetence guys is they'll often make it out, make it seem like, oh, it was the woman who was actually abusive because she got mad at him for his long level, her his long term low level mental abuse and strategic incompetence. Damn, sis, were you dating a man or like a walking biohazard, <laughs> leaving food scraps? Like, oh gosh. I know, I know the the things that I did before FDS. Ugh. But I haven't had to deal with that since since finding FDS, right? This is all pre-FDS, so I'm just roasting my past clown self. <laughs> uh, but I think that's that's also why as well, in the early dating stages, a lot of men, especially when I was on, on online dating, uh, they would say stuff like, oh, you can cook for me. Oh, you can um, do this for me, do that for me as well. I think us... Because women have mm-hmm. also been conditioned to be of service to other people. Men also know this as well. So if you say, for example, I'm really good at cooking or I give really good massages, for example, like 
not like happy ending massages, just like normal massages. They they seem to just like quickly <laughs> latch on to that as well. So you sort of have to be careful in how you present yourself. I know, you know, you're just like all of us want to present as our fabulous selves, but you can, it's very easy to attract the, the male bumbler who is going to use like weaponizing competence, especially if he knows that you're good at something. But just because you're good at something, that doesn't mean that he shouldn't and cannot develop himself. In fact, that's all the more reason to want to develop yourself. If your partner is, say, really good with finances and you're not, and you don't quite understand finances, that's all the more reason to get better. It's not a reason to just not do anything. That's why I've always seen it anyway. That's that's another thing is like a lot of pick me um, type women will be like, will often advertise their services, you know, like they'll be like, I cook, I clean, I'm, I'm one of the good women, right? And they think that by doing that, they're going to attract like a trad man who will like, you know, earn a paycheck and like be the head of the household and stuff. And it's like, nah, sis, you're just attracting a male bumbler. It's true. Okay? Like you're going to end up being a mommy bang maid. I mean, they might attract a trad man, but he won't appreciate anything she's, she's doing for him. No, but she's not going to be attracting a competent trad man. True. Like a, ma- a man who's actually like good at leadership, I feel is not going to be the sort of guy, like low value scrote to like latch on to, um, you know, a mommy McBang maid mm. and think of like men go into the dating world. Men like that go into the dating world looking for a female caregiver. They're not actually looking for a girlfriend or an equal. They're looking for someone who will be their mommy. <laughs> a female chaperone for their life. <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't learn how to be an adult. And I honestly, I know that like, it's bad to blame women, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I do very much blame their mothers because most of these guys have just right are just most of these guys, their mothers are just like ride or die boy moms who think that their precious little son is the most amazing, special, golden dicked little thing on the planet. (laughs) And they don't expect him to do anything. Right. Every single one of these guys had moms that just like serve them hand and foot. And would do everything for them and like cut their fucking pancakes into little pieces and chew it and spit in their mouth for them and shit, right? Like they're used to women doing absolutely every single thing for them, like a little baby bird. Calling up their employer to make sure they get a job, calling the admissions office to make sure that their precious little son gets into college because they didn't even bother to turn in their essay. A lot of teachers complain about this. (laughs) <laughs> a lot yeah. of times yeah. there's uh, like an over-involved mom and a super in- strategically incompetent son. But the mom is like constantly doing everything. And it's like, well, you're not the one who's in school. It's your son who's supposed to be learning these things. But the mom feels like if I don't do these things, he's never going to college. Or he's not going to be successful. But then she just teaches him to do nothing. I actually think that these these sorts of mothers, I think that this is like a deliberate um, like way of keeping him dependent on her. Um. Yeah, that's why I do. I do hold women responsible for this in this case. Um, well, I've seen that too with like trad wives, right? Boy moms, but also just in general with trad wives is that they have to, ju- in some respects, they have to justify their paycheck, right? <laughs> so yeah. they get way, way <laughs> over involved in their children's lives. That's why even if you have the opportunity to stay home, I feel like past your children being in literal infancy, it's probably better for you to have your own hobbies, business or something, even if you don't necessarily work full time. Have your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Have your own life because your children really do need the space to figure things out on their own. And with a lot of these helicopter moms and trad wife moms, they're they're so over involved in their children's (laughs) lives. The tiger moms, too. 
And then all it does is, yeah, teach either their kids to lie to them a lot or um, teaches yeah. them to be strategically incompetent. And that's like a bad habit. That's the other thing is these guys are all liars. That's the other thing is they're all very good at lying. And they do this thing where if you're mad at them, they'll just lie to your face sheepishly as a way to avoid responsibility. Um, and again, this is another thing that I think men learn in childhood. So women with sons, if you have a son, do not let him fucking pull this shit on you. Okay. <laughs> like save your future daughter-in-law, the trouble, teach your son to be confident from a young age. If he tries the strategic incompetence thing, you have to sit down with him and maybe force him to go, force him to go over it over and over and over again, however long it takes until he gets it. Don't condition him to think that um, strategic incompetence is a useful way to get out of doing chores. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, I know it can be really, really frustrating for parents. So I know neither of us, none of us are parents. So it's not like we're trying, we're not trying to go or be overly critical of parents that are really, really busy. But I think um, it's kind of like training a dog. If you put in the little extra effort or the consistent effort, then it just becomes a lot easier in the long run, but it can be hard to find the time to train your dog extensively. But the thing is, I often find as well in these like so-called traditional families, if they have a daughter, she knows how to, do everything um it's a very yeah. very gendered phenomena because even if the parent is super busy the daughters somehow usually end up knowing how to 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 <laughs> how to function as an adult and that's partly because the social consequences of being incompetent for women are much greater than it is for men that's so true i can i can say in my family dynamic too it was that um, my mother was way harder and more strict on me and my sister mm -hmm. than my brothers. So my brothers would always find some reason yeah, why they couldn't come home or they had something else to do. Whereas like, I'd say even my father is this way too. Like they were all paranoid. I was going to go out and get pregnant. So they were just like, literally, they micromanaged literally all of my life. Right. Compared to mm -hmm. my brothers where they could be like, oh, I'm going to go outside. And then nobody hears from them for a couple hours and it's not a big deal. Right. So yeah. some of that, too, I think is just the over parenting of daughters in general, because people tend to <laughs> ironically project that girls are easier to go off the rails if you don't micromanage their lives versus boys. But then we all know that's actually not true because there's just so much more shit men can get into. Like the worst thing happens to girls or I would say not even the worst thing that happens to girls. But like one of the, the more consequential decisions that girls can get into is like if you get pregnant young or if you're having sex and you get pregnant young. But like boys, you I mean, you got to worry about them being involved in some kind of real sociopathic activity like gang activity coming school shooter <laughs> like something that's actually like a problem for society um and yet boys are just more allowed to run free unsupervised in a way that i feel like i wasn't allowed to as a girl and i know a lot of my other peers that the girls are just more micromanaged in general because of this like anxiety they're going to get pregnant yeah. I've noticed this dynamic too in a lot of the families where there's a strategically incompetent man. He almost always has a sister who's hyper competent. And that's my aunt. Um, so my aunt is the youngest child and yet she was parentified. Like she had to be almost like a parent to her older brothers and would like cook and clean for her older brothers. It was fucking weird. Anyways, but now she's like 
<laughs> now she's incredibly wealthy and has her own company, is literally a millionaire now. Boss. So, like, good for her. Boss. Queen. Boss. And my dad's an incompetent fuck up with multiple failed businesses. So, <laughs> scrote. Um, but yeah, so, so that's the other thing is like, it is sort of a double edged sword in that it's unfair the way they treat their daughters, but a lot of the time they end up growing up to become extremely competent. And the boys, even though, you know, they get out again, it's a short term reward, long term suffering thing where like, yeah, in the short term, they might get out of doing chores and they're like, yay, I get to be lazy. But long term, it ends up fucking up their entire life and they are not able to hold down long term relationship. They're not able to succeed in, you know, any (laughs) decision that they make, any kind of like long term effort decision that they might want to make. They just don't have the grit. Um, yeah. So, and and it kind of sucks because we have this whole, and this is why I generally think like women are just better than men is because I was raised around incompetent men and hyper-competent women. And we have a whole generation that's like that now of like high achieving women and low achieving men. I think the flip side to what Lilith just said is that the women who grow up in these households where they are made to be over-responsible for their family members can end up being or feeling over-responsible, like, for their partner. And this is where we see it all the time, especially on Reddit. They love to say the good old communicate advice is that if a woman says, oh, my boyfriend can't wash his ass, the instant reaction is, (laughs) but can you show him, like, you know, you should show him how to wash his asshole. You should go in the shower, scrub him up and show him, like, how to do it. And that sort of carries over. So these women can be like phenomenal in their professional life because that drive and that competence was instilled in them. But that may not translate to their personal life because they've grown up thinking that it's normal uh, for men to be incompetent. I, I mean, even if they know that the man should be capable of, say, washing his own ass or washing the plates, they end up feeling like they have to teach him anyway. And that's what makes me really sad. Just like seeing the, oh, just tell him that it's not okay to to not <laughs> to not leave skid marks in your boxes or to to wash or to wash up after yourself. Breaking Mom on Reddit is full of stories like that. Oh, honestly, that sub is like the best form of natural birth control. Yes, honestly, though it is. It's sad because you. I feel like a lot of women don't realize how much they fucked up on their choice of partner until their children come, until they have children. And then yeah. they realize all those like cute ways which he would forget things and all those like quirky parts about him are actually a really big fucking problem because now you have a tiny human that's dependent on you and you have an adult man who can't do the most basic of tasks. So yeah. It's, yeah, it quickly becomes not cute. He's basically another child. And then also their strategic incompetence is a way for them to like, uh, see it. so actually this is something that genuinely pisses me off. Another aspect of strategic incompetence is so that they can have more freedom to uh, cheat and have a social life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. put all of the burden of child rearing on the woman while pretending like there's some great involved dad. And a lot of the breaking mom stories are somewhere, somewhere around that, you know, where they find out their husband has like a dating profile. You know, he's got all this time to uh, hang out with his boys, go out to the bar, play video games, watch porn, all the time to do these leisurely activities while giving her all of the work of raising the child. And then pretending it's because they can't do it or like, or if they have the child, they are so neglectful that the mother feels too much anxiety, leaving their child with their own father. 
because they're like, well, last time I left uh, my son or daughter with my husband, the baby was in a dirty diaper all day, stuff like that, which it's really child neglect, but they're... It's child abuse, like... It is child abuse. It's child neglect. But like, it's unfortunately not always framed that way, but it really should be. <laughs> that like... Yeah, it's always framed like, teehee, like, um, he's so incompetent, isn't that so cute and charming? Or they'll blame the mom. Like, they blame the mom for abusing the child. For Like, you know what your husband's like. How could you leave your child with him knowing that he would neglect them, you know, like it's her responsibility to be 24 seven caregiver. Men act like they're babysitting kids, but they're not even as good as your average babysitter. Yeah. <sighs> that's that's yeah. what makes it particularly infuriating because I'm like, you can literally hire a 14 year old girl to do a better job babysitting your kids than your husband. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. I started babysitting when I was 12. I got money for babysitting starting when I was 12. And I would do a better job as a babysitter than most of these women's adult husbands. Yeah, and that's a problem. This is like the greatest con of all time as men have managed to convince us that they're the only sex that's competent enough to be CEOs, to be president, to have all these like high level um you know, powerful positions, but they're too incompetent to wash dishes or change a diaper or do really, really basic shit. Predict the basic needs of a human that relies totally on you for survival. That should be instinctual, quite frankly. Didn't humans evolve to have certain instincts to that effect? (laughs) To want to protect your own child? Yeah, Yeah, to protect your young, make sure it doesn't starve and die. But again, like, this is why I think that men shouldn't be allowed to have any, uh, be leaders or have any control (laughs) or have any, um, power. Honestly, I think the world should be run by eldest daughters, quite frankly. (laughs) I think the world would be a better place if it was run by all eldest daughters. I completely agree. In fact, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like if I was a venture capital firm and I wanted to invest in a company, I would go and ask how many eldest daughters were part of the staff. Like, that would be an actual metric by which I would measure the value of their company. <laughs> yeah. Or if it was led by an eldest daughter. Yeah, I'm a youngest daughter, but I would, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, my older sister's quite awesome. Yeah, so we've spoken about the, the date. So that's also, that's also one way. But I find another way as well is to see if he's independent. Now, I know, especially in this, economy and and like social climate it's becoming the norm for people to stay at home um either to save money or because they can't afford to live out and i'm not necessarily going to judge somebody for staying at home but it's more do they contribute towards the chores do they contribute towards the bills are they aware of how things in the house work so even things like do they know where the stopcock is if there's a flood and stuff like that? So just because somebody lives at home, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be weaponizing competence. But if their mother is running around after them, like whilst they're living at home, that is a massive, massive red flag. I actually don't date guys who uh, live at home with their parents as a policy because I moved out at 18. Um and I know, you know, oh, like economics, save money, blah, blah, blah. First of all, most of these guys who live with their parents, they're not saving money. They they blow that money on like freaking video games and other stupid shit. Uh, so most of them aren't saving money. They just live with their parents and they're broke. Um, the other thing is when you move in with a guy, here, here's actually another vetting strategy is don't ever move in with a guy who's never lived by himself before. No, don't. Because don't do it. 
Yeah. Because if he's only ever lived with his parents, especially if his mom is in the picture, you know, he's living with as an adult with his mom. He doesn't know what it's like to manage a household. He's mm. used to women doing his laundry, cooking for him, doing everything for him. And he's just going to expect you to just fill in that slot. Yeah, that's true. Mommy gone, girlfriend in. He basically sees his girlfriend as a mom that he can have sex with. And that's why we call them mommy bag maids. So don't ever live with a guy who's never lived by himself. And if he has lived by himself, go to his place to see what it's like. Because if you go there and it's like dirty dishes everywhere, empty beer cans strewn everywhere, fucking dirty ass shower and grime everywhere. He's never cleaned a day in his life. That's another red flag. Like avoid those guys. Mattress on the Mattress floor. Mattress on the floor. <laughs> I've seen all these TikToks of like young women hooking up with guys and then cleaning their apartment after. I'm like, girl, that's so fucking humiliating. <laughs> Why would you do that? I'm going to tell you the truth. Same thing with male roommates. I had actually a platonic male roommate and um, it was another situation where I felt like I had to be the person that was constantly cleaning. Yeah. Really? And it was just like, no, no, this is not going to work. I did live in a house with male roommates once and I, I swore I will never live with a man who's not like my husband or boyfriend who I've vetted thoroughly. Like I'll never live with another male roommate again. Because, yeah, they, they'll just leave dish, dirty dishes in the sink. They just expect you to clean up after them. They don't even think of it. And if you, and here's the thing, if you ask them to do something or ask them to clean up after themselves, they'll act like you're the unreasonable one, mm. right? Like, oh, why are you always, like, harassing me? Why are you always, like, bothering me? Why are you always doing that? If I don't want to live in his filth, he'll act like I have the problem. So don't fall for it. Yeah, if you don't want to roll around in his filth, they'll make it a problem for you. The filthy pigs, as my mom would say. Yeah, I wouldn't live with them either. <laughs> Dirty pigs. <laughs> Dirty pigs. <laughs> Dirty pigs. Yeah, men are dirty pigs, honestly. Like swine, let them roll around in their own filth. Like another way I like to vet as well is if he's got like drive and ambition and genuinely wants to better himself. Now, I'm not saying he has to be as ambitious on the level as, say, Macbeth, where he's willing to kill anyone to get what he wants. But what I'm saying is that drive needs to be there. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up with, you could end up in a situation where you end up applying for jobs or writing his essays. And I've like, known women who've like done this and they mean really, really well. But ultimately, you can't, you can't drag someone, you can't drag someone along with you, especially if they know or when they, or they're supposed to know that getting a job is just the bare minimum of, you know, functioning as a basic adult. There's a lot of girls that do that for professional athletes or not even professional athletes. There's a lot of girls that do that for college athletes. Yes, because as a college athlete, you basically have to show up and just turn in something to get a decent grade and they still have women that they're sleeping with do it for him. like here's the thing being ambitious to me is not enough because there's a ton of ambitious guys out there who will offload their manual labor onto women just so that they can focus on the other shit in fact fun fun story okay i was reading this old sales book that was giving you know tips on like how to you know in, um advance your career and it's obviously written for men it was from like the 80s and one of the lines was like um 
you know, offload any of your daily responsibilities, like get yourself a wife so that you don't have to uh, cook or clean or do anything. Like it was basically talking about how to uh, maximize your schedule and, you know, use every minute of the day with maximum efficiency, you know, don't do any of that stupid, like household shit, get a wife to do all that for you. And I'm thinking like, damn, like I should get a wife. I'm a woman, but I should get a wife. There's an essay to that effect. Someone wrote, um, a very famous feminist author. Yeah, I want a wife. So let me figure out who that was by. Judy Brady. So 1971 essay. Men basically see women as like work mules to just like do all that work, the dirty work that they don't want to do to free up their time for more creative or more productive or more uh, status increasing tasks. That's an expectation for women to do for men, but for men to do that for women, that's a luxury. Or they think you're greedy if you expect a man to do that for a woman. If if a woman expects her husband to do any of that stuff for her, she's seen as greedy. If he does any of that stuff, he's either seen as whipped or, wow, he's such a great husband, really going above and beyond. But yeah, like domestic labor is, again, that's another FDS thing. We don't think domestic labor is a service that women provide to men. It is work that men and women have to contribute to. And in fact, I think it's better if men do it because again, like less work. So yeah, I mean, a lot of FDS strategies have been a response to identified problems in relationships, um, mostly centered around unequal domestic labor, unequal sexual satisfaction, et cetera. A lot of these ideas were identified and discussed in feminist circles, but I feel like, I don't know why, but it seems to not have made its way down to an actual strategy to finding men who are good at doing these things, which is where I feel like FDS comes in because we're basically saying, well, if you don't want a guy who's strategically incompetent, here's all the tells that he is strategically incompetent. And these are all the things you should weed out. But then... Mm. Because we do it, people make it seem like it's uh, unfairly um, sexist towards men, or at least like targeted and gendered towards men. It's like, well, yeah, you want them to change a behavior that's not currently being done. So it's men who have the greatest area of improvement, let's just say. Exactly. So you're trying to weed out guys who can't do this for you, which means you got to treat you have to actually go in understanding that that's going to be a problem, right? And acknowledging that's a problem and then dating strategically, identifying behaviors that are likely to lead to them being a a breaking mom uh, test case, lead to them being a breaking mom nightmare case. You have to do that during the dating process, which is a horror story, which is like a gendered process. And I, I kind of really hate the idea that we're supposed to pretend everything's gender neutral in the dating phase because it's not fair to men. But then once things happen, once you get in a relationship, it's always gendered and then everyone's complaining. It's Mm. like, well, then you need to actually vet like it's gendered, which it is. (laughs) So stop getting, what I'm trying to say is look daily mail, stop getting mad at us for pointing out the fucking obvious, right? (laughs) And other tabloids, like y'all want to sit here and complain about the second shift strategic incompetency relationships and all the shit men aren't doing. Well then ladies pull up your big girl panties and start, paying attention to the shit men say and do and then looking at their behavior and seeing when and if it matches up. Right. And that means that you have to look at the fact that they're different than you. They're coming from a different framework of socialization. They're obviously a different sex than you. 
There's obviously like power differentials there and you need to treat it as such. It seems obvious. It seems like it's something that FDS shouldn't have been the people that like came out and said this the way it is. But like, here we are. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that we're like the first people to come up with an actual solution to this. Whereas the Lib Fems will just write endless think pieces about me- the mental load and unequal domestic labor and so on. And maybe if we just communicate to men just the right way, blah, blah, blah. They're going to be flapping their japs into the grave, all right? Because <laughs> they will never give a fuck, right? They won't give a fuck to you, divorce them, and they'll still blame you. They'll still pretend it's your yeah. fault and your problem. So I just really, really... Can you tell I'm on a rant right now? But I'm just really, really saying this because I feel like over and over and over again, the mainstream media in particular misses the point. And when we say things like this, especially a lot of the strategies that they're saying, like, oh, low value male versus high value, especially some of the strategies we do for vetting and then the categorizations that we do for men based on men's men, behavior. based on men's <laughs> actual fucking behavior like what actual value are they likely to provide are they providing right now and what are they likely to provide in the future you have to pay attention to that it, it can't just be like this warm fuzzy feeling inside i think because they want to overemphasize romantic love when we're talking about marriage now it's not to say that you can't fall in love and have a great romance but you also do have to look at the practical reality of what it would mean to spend the life spend your life with someone and then, you know, don't end up blindsided and shocked that he becomes even more incompetent after you have children when the signs were there all that time. In, fa- in, fa- in fact, that is the greatest reason to avoid the male bumbler or the strategically the strategically incompetent man. It is a matter, you know, when you're dating and the stakes are low, it's not that big of a deal. You can kind of laugh it off and ha ha ha, like you can't do dishes, blah, blah, blah. But once you actually bring children into the picture, that's when I think it becomes actually like a matter of life or death almost. Yeah. It becomes a lot more important because, first of all, you're modeling toxic relationship dynamics to your kids, like what my parents did to me. Um, it made me s- see relationships as this like combative um, thing where, you know, the woman has to always be in charge and have be hyper-competent and the man can just like be an incompetent fuck up. And as long as he just like shows up after work every day, then he's doing a great job kind of thing. It's like, yeah, the days of men just being able to bring home the bacon, so to speak, and then sit on the couch with their hand in their pants and drinking a beer is over. That shit was never cute, is for being real. Yeah. So like <laughs> the women back then didn't think that shit was cute, which is why eventually feminism became a mainstream movement. Get off your ass and be doing things for your family. Yeah. So understand that like it's not just about you as a couple it's also about the behavior that you're modeling to your children yes and while it might be cool to have a hyper competent daughter who's like a badass bitch who you know becomes ceo and becomes millionaire and all that stuff like my aunt um the downside to that is having the under competent son the one who ends up you know marrying and you know just being a destructive force in several women's lives and their children's lives they end up um end up in our inboxes on Twitter and end up making comments under Jordan Peterson videos, just the lowest <laughs> form of male life. And complaining about how they have to pay child support. Yeah, oh yeah. They end up on MGTOW. They'd rather just do nothing. They end up on MGTOW mad because uh, society expects <laughs> them to take care of their own children, the children that they made. My one last closing remark with this is that a lot of people think of the male bumbler as like, sort of funny or cute or like, haha, you know, that's in a lot of comedy, right? What people need to understand is the male bumbler is actually very calculating and they know what they're doing. They're actually not as incompetent as they let on. 
We've talked about this before, I think, how, you know, Lundy Bancroft writes that the abusive man is abusive as a way of escaping responsibility or not having to do chores or uh, offloading undesirable tasks onto other people. They do it because it benefits them. And that's the thing about the male bumblers. Understand that they're doing this because it benefits them, because it makes their life easier. And so if we want to change things, we have to make it difficult for them to do that. I don't know if it's just like the naive about why or how patriarchy works. One thing I kind of like about the radical feminists is that they don't pretend patriarchy is a historical accident. They accident. They look at it like, no, it's a deliberate set of actions that men do to privilege themselves both individually as, and a class. And you have to be like, you have to advocate for yourself because there's no interest in them advocating for you. Maybe they'll try if they love you enough, but at the same time, it's very, very difficult to like re-socialize men once you're in a relationship with them because they're not going to be in any way motivated to improve because like, well, if you're still here, it must mean you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, with men like that, you have to ultimately either just like break up with them or just make their life so uncomfortable that they end up shaping up all on their own. Like I've seen a lot of stories about women who just go on strike, like they just stop cooking, just stop cleaning, and it'll get really bad. Like the man will end up in living in absolute filth in the most disgusting way possible and subjecting their children to that before the man finally ships up and does something. And still roll over his ugly, dusty, unwashed ass and ass for sex, right? Guys covered in spaghetti grease because he can't wash his own clothes properly. Still stomping around demanding sex in a filthy house. We have to make it costly for them to behave this way, right? That's the thing. If we want men to behave in a way that's desirable to us, we have to make it so that the undesirable behavior is so costly to them that they don't even want to do it. In the context of like dating, the, the most costly outcome for a lot of men is to be deprived of women's company. So leave them. Don't yeah. even bother trying to do these little strikes because ultimately you're also living in a shithole as well. So, and if he's, if he's comfortable with it, then, you know, then it's all okay to him. It's like way too much emotional and like physical like labor on your part to try and get him to do the bare minimum. Like men respond best to consequences. They don't respond to, to complaining or, um, or to ultimatums, especially if they know that you're just going to stick around. The best consequence is to leave them. Men need consequences is what I'm saying. They need to face consequences for their bad behavior. Yeah, no, they absolutely do. Yeah, it's just not cute watching these fully grown men walk around with the logic skills of a toddler not even that. And honestly, the dre- not even that and the dressing skills of a toddler, because at least with a toddler, if they don't want to do things, you can just pick them up and force them to do it. With a grown man, obviously, there's the physical power differential, but it's just it's just exhausting on your mental and energy. And having to do that for an adult man when you have actual children who can't do those things, it's, it's, just, it's just the opposite of attractive. <laughs> yeah. And then they have the audacity to complain about a dead bedroom. It's your own damn fault. It's 100% their fault. And it's just, I think part of that, again, is because women get so often trained to ignore all of the ways in which men leech off them prior to it becoming real. Prior to something happening where it becomes very, very real where they stand in that relationship on their uh, significant other's list of priorities. Mm-hmm. And also that significant others, like even like motivation for his own life, right? Because even if they're not necessarily screwing up things in your home, they could be screwing up things in their life. Or like they're not going to work on time or something like that, right? Like they just don't have the ability to show up. Okay, so 
That's our show. Please check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com as well as our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for weekly bonus content, a Discord where you can chat with us, as well as merchandise and the opportunity to submit your own roast to scrope queen sis or queen shit or nasis story for us to read on the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at femdatstrat. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you scrotes out there, you're with the French call les incompetents. Die mad. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. See you next week. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs>